Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And you have found yourself in week four of Octoberama. Just deep in it. So deep. <laughs> Balls deep, you might say. <laughs> Elbow deep. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, someone didn't silence their cell phone. Have I told you I'm a consummate professional? <laughs> and now he's looking at it. He's, he's responding. What? Is... Well, my wife. So my wife. My wife. Uh, our dog has broken two teeth. Uh, he broke another one. No, no, no. Well, yes, but that was weeks ago. Month, maybe like a month or two ago now. But he broke, uh, yeah, second tooth on just toys that we thought were acceptable. They weren't like super hard, and we thought it was okay. Like one was a, a deer antler, which dogs chew on all the time, and one was a nyla bone. No, I forget what it was, but a hard toy that was fine. But my dog chews like a fucking maniac. He does so, everything like a fucking maniac. Yeah, and so he uh, broke two teeth, and we've had to have both of them extracted. Uh, and my wife just said that she found one of his nyla bones under the couch, which you know more and more people are saying, hey. Don't give your dogs nylon bones because they break their teeth. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that obviously wasn't the case when we bought them. But I guess she just found one underneath the couch and my dog knew it was there and was just sitting there whining about it and she just had to take it and throw it away. <laughs> he hit it. Sneaky fuck. Well, maybe if you didn't chew like a freak, then everything would be okay. Yeah. Anyway, Octoberama. We let the patrons of Patreon pick this one, guys, and boy, did they ever. They picked it so hard. <laughs> they picked it so good. <laughs> like, so good. Uh, this week is Week of the Mini Monster. Just wee little monsters. Not leprechauns. Not leprechauns. <laughs> we did that already. Uh, yeah, the Horror Addicts nominated this one, and, it, and then we put up a poll, and it ended up winning. Yeah. Um, and so our picks were, for this week... Uh, Ghoulies and Critters. Yep. Two movies that David Gordon Green now wants to remake, apparently. But why? <laughs> we can get more, get more into that in the reviews, I guess. <laughs> but um, Hold on. I need, to, I need to bring this closer to me. I need to bring this closer to my mouth. That's what she said? <laughs> I mean, yeah, she could say that. Why wouldn't she say that? Are you saying there's something wrong with me? <laughs> that I have some hideous fucking chud? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so so I don't forget, before we get any further in the show... While we're on the subject of Patreon... I'm going to thank our Patreon patrons, those lovely people who give us money every month so we can continue to do this absolute fucking disaster of a show every week, or every other week... Um, and those lovely people are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, the Car- not the Carlos Rodella. I mean, <laughs> the Carlos Rodella. Oh, you don't know Carlos? You don't know Carlos Rodella? <laughs> the Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. So thank you so much, guys, for your contribution. It does wonders for us. Uh, Taylor, if anyone else would like to join these people in giving us their their hard-earned money <laughs> where can they go they can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast for as little as one dollar a month you can get exclusive content 
Uh, the more you give, the more content you get up to $100, which if you give $100, I will get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my keister. <laughs> Where, why fat unicorn? Just because it's more ridiculous? It started with our 4th of July episode because the girl in uh, 2001 Maniacs had a fat unicorn tattooed on her ass. Oh, that's right. Okay. And so I said, all right, if we can get $100 through Patreon, I'll do the same. <laughs> and then I found this really great picture of a fat unicorn with a donut around his ha- antler. <laughs> Still waiting, guys. And, I mean, obviously, if it happens, we're going to go and live stream from the tattoo shop. I would hope so, yeah. Yeah, we'll put Taylor's ass on the internet forever. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> As if we all haven't waited long enough. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Tommy Blum decided to open his big stupid mouth. Yeah, let's get into this. <laughs> Jason so, Blum for, uh, for, for, the, for the layman. <laughs> for, the layman. <laughs> for the ones who actually pay attention. Or Jason Bloom. I'm still not sure if it's Bloom or Blum. but I've heard Blum more than anything, so I'm going to go with that. It looks like Blum. It should be Blum. It's Tommy Blum. <laughs> yeah. We've decided it's Blum. Yeah. Even if it is Bloom. <laughs> anyway, but... Uh, so he was doing an interview with Deadline. Was that who it was? Uh, maybe <laughs> some news outlet. Uh, he was obviously doing the rounds for uh, Halloween. You know, patting himself on the back as he does, uh, talking about what a what a great uh, film genius he is. Um, and uh, but this reporter was not holding back uh, on the tough questions. <laughs> the hard-hitting questions, and asked, hey, Tommy, tell me something. Why aren't you hiring more women directors? Or any, for that matter. And in his infinite wisdom, Tommy uttered the words, there aren't enough female directors, period, let alone ones that are interested in horror. Now, this was just the wrong time in history to say this, guy. <laughs> Need I remind our listeners that we have interviewed not one, not two, not three, but five, count them, five female directors who direct almost exclusively horror films. And we're fucking nobody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just on our little show that nobody outside of maybe like a quarter of the states in the country have even heard of. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, and these women are passionate about horror. I mean, not not just passionate about directing, but passionate about horror itself. Uh, I mean, and th- those ladies I'm talking about are uh, Gigi Guerrero, who we've had on several times, uh, Jessica Cameron, Lisa Obies, uh, and the Soska sisters. Not to mention Tristan Resk, who is directing now. Right, that, that's true. Um, so okay, so six women, <laughs> uh, and they all do fabulous work. It's amazing, and like, I hate to even make the comparison because it's ridiculous nowadays. Or, I mean, this day and age to make the comparison seems trite, but they are as good, if not better, than a lot of male directors. Yeah, and it's <clears throat> so for him to. I always enjoy when I find out later that a movie is directed by a woman. Yeah. Cuz I'm always like it's it's not something that like I don't watch it and go, "Oh, this this must be this must have been directed by some broad." <laughs> <laughs> that probably would not go over well with a lot of people. No. 
But I mean, you know, like you can watch a movie and you don't see the difference. No. Like, think of uh, American Psycho, which is probably the most anti-feminist horror movie out there. I would, um, not probably not the most, but one of the most. And who's that directed by? Mary Heron. Mary Heron. And that's not a man with a female's name. That's a f- actual woman. Yeah. Pet Cemetery, directed by a woman. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, I mean, the Baba Duke, which uh, <laughs> Tommy Blum's his, you know, his, his I have black friends moment <laughs> was, uh, you know, I, I love Jennifer Kent, who directed the Baba Duke, and I've offered her every movie that's been available. It's like, okay, first of all, that's one. <laughs> Maybe instead of just offering movies to the same one female director over and over, you talk to multiple yeah. female directors. And I'm sure he's probably offering her Truth or Dare and Unfriended and these other garbage teen movies mm-hmm. that she's smart enough to t- stay away from. Yeah. It's like, I mean, so those are a success for Blumhouse. But as far as films go, they were fucking garbage. Yeah. Um, they were fiscally successful because they cost $14 to make. Right. And, you know, what What astounds me is the fact that he has worked with female directors before. I mean, the Soskas did Elevator with him. His former assistant is a female director. Jesus Christ. I didn't know that. Yeah, Chelsea Stardust, I think is her name. That's a real last name. I don't know if that's her real last name, but... Um, It's just absurd for him to... I mean, like I said at the beginning, in this day and age especially... Where the fuck do you get off saying something like that? Yeah. You fucking clown. I mean, you know, if we just needed another reason to loathe this asshole. And then, uh, oh, and then, was it like a day or three? It was the next day. Okay. A day later, he uh, came out and said, okay, well, I said a stupid thing. No, no, we know that. (laughs) We know you said a stupid thing. What's, What's troubling is that we also know that you meant it. Because it just came out. Well, here's the thing that I read. I think it was Variety or somebody said that they made a list of like the top female directors in horror. Mm-hmm. And somebody at Blumhouse printed it out and put it on his desk. <laughs> Good. Before this. Oh, before this? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Ugh. I mean, I don't expect more from him. Like, I see him as this total fucking chad frat boy douche who just kind of sees women as women as objects that's kind of how i just envision him i don't know him personally but the perception i have of him that's what it is um and so i i guess when i see him say something like this or hear about him saying something like this it doesn't shock me like i'm not taken aback what shocks me is that he would say it publicly <laughs> And to a to like to a reporter, it's not like something that got back to a reporter through a network of people. Right. He said it to somebody who was then going to put that in some kind of publication. Yeah, I mean, I give him credit for apologizing. I give him credit for admitting that it was a stupid and dumb thing to say. But at the same time, words are cheap, and he's he's going to have to go out and you know go out and find female directors, mm-hmm. not wait for them to come to you. I mean. You know, like Gigi, she's very active on, you know, Instagram and just social media in general. I know that her and Luchagor have been to Blumhouse uh, Studios. Yeah. To, or is it Blumhouse Productions? 
pictures. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever, whatever it is. Blumhouse. Uh, the Blumhouse. Yeah. The, the House of Blum. <laughs> to, uh, I, don't, I don't know if they're pitch meetings or just uh, just a meet and greet or what, but they've been there. Yeah. And like you said, the Soskas made Elevator with Blumhouse. Yeah, was was Seeing No Evil 2 Blumhouse? I don't think so. No, oh. it was WWE Films. I, I just didn't know if they had did like a... I don't think so. A collaboration. I don't think like, so. Like Red Man. And Method Man? <laughs> that Red, kind of collaboration? Red Man, he just does a lot of collaborations with oh. people because he, he's not popular anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just troubled by this to see a guy with such a degree of influence nowadays, which also makes me sad um, to see him say something like this, especially, you know, coming off of uh, like the Kavanaugh thing. Now I won't even hint at this being equated to sexual assault. That's good (laughs) (laughs) because they are two very different things, but um, to, you know, in a in a time when women are becoming more empowered and more vocal about them their general mistreatment in the world, for him to come out and say something like that. Like what the fuck were you thinking? Yeah. I mean, it it, it saddens me that I know that somewhere in him he believes that. Otherwise he wouldn't have said it. Yeah. Uh, because obviously he wasn't being uh you know, bureaucratic with what he was saying before he said it. You know, people say that when, when people are drunk, the things they say are probably the most honest they ever will be because they have no inhibitions. And I kind of equate that to this. Like, it just came out, and maybe he misworded it, but the message was there. It's like, he does not feel that there are women... I don't, I don't know if he doesn't feel like maybe there aren't women out there that are uh, good enough to direct his films or what, but I don't know. Um, and, you know, just a reminder, a movie came out two years ago called XX that was a an anthology entirely directed by female directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up and comers, too. I mean, like, you know, people... Yeah, like, you want to find directors... Look at the IMDb for that movie. Yeah. There's a handful of them right there. Yeah, it's like, and also going back to his thing about, you know, we, we, we offer Jennifer Kent every movie that we've had available. That's that we've had available. Um, How about you like take some pitch meetings from these female directors and finance their stuff because it's probably better than the garbage you're offering people. Yeah. And that's like that's Blumhouse's model <laughs> to allow directors to have their own ideas and have like full like free reign over their own pictures. With, you know, a $5 million budget. Yeah. That's like their business model. So, oh, we're offering you these films that we already have, like things that we bought for pennies on the dollar. You know, just shitty little ideas that we just make shitty little films for. Yeah. It's like, dude, get the fuck out of my face. You're disgusting. Yeah. I mean, like I saw a tweet from Heather Buckley, who is a special effects artist and a producer. Um who produced the upcoming The Ranger, directed by Jen Wexler, a woman. Um, and she was like, you know, if you really want to support women in film, how about you write us a check? Yeah. And it's, that, it's that simple. Yeah. It's like, don't make excuses. Like, you're a film studio. That's your job, is to write checks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, now, like, he's, you know, this backpedaling, saying, oh, I said a stupid thing. It's like, you know, 
show me the money. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he's got to prove it. You know, words are cheap. He's mm-hmm. he's, he's got to prove it, and hopefully he does. The the bright side of this is that all these female directors have come out of the woodwork and been like, hello, here we are. So hopefully they start getting more chances. Even the Saskas, which was nice. The Sa- <laughs> I appreciate how the Saskas weren't like, hey, remember us? Yeah. They were actually like, hey, here's this other girl. Here's this other girl. Woman, sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, they were sharing the love. They weren't just like, hey, remember we worked with you? How about us? Mm-hmm. They, you know, they spread the love. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think... They are probably the most not. Uh, I don't want to say that they're more supportive than others, but as far as like promoting uh, female directors, they are like tops of what I've seen. Like especially in the horror genre. I mean, that's where we're trying to focus. I, I'd I say mean, you look at their blood drive every year. Right. Yeah. It's it's chocked full of female directors. It's mostly female. Mostly, directors, I right? think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I I would say there is a shortage of working uh female directors in the film industry in general but as far i mean and not not to say that there are any lack of capable ones or you know ones that are making their own films but as far as getting like studio recognition Mm -hmm. there's a severe shortage um and but then you you bring it down into the uh the world of horror and the number shrinks even more and it's just stupid. Like, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so, that was 20 minutes. <laughs> that was more than I thought there was going to be. <laughs> I mean, like I said, hopefully that, you know, he learns from this and the, the industry learns from this and it leads to bigger and better things. Am I being a pessimist if I don't think he's going to learn anything from this? No. <laughs> I mean, you know. Actions are the ultimate test of of uh, intent. So it's like I said, him apologizing is a very very small step in the right direction. But he's he's got to show it. Yeah, and just listening to like in interviews I've seen him do, uh, and you know reading articles about you know interview interviews that he's done, and just the way he talks about himself and his company. Um, I feel like he's really full of himself and I think that's, uh, not just a surface thing. I think that's deep seated in his personality. So I just, I don't think this is going to be any kind of turnaround and it's, it's sad and I, I would love to be surprised obviously, Yeah, but time will tell <clears throat> anyway. So we got a full show to do guys and that was just the opener. So, yeah. <laughs> so why don't we go ahead? It only gets better from here. Maybe. Probably not. It never does. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and jump into some horror business. Too much so you guys might remember two weeks ago when I went on a tirade about Brett Kavanaugh. It was a very fiery episode. Because we not only talked about that, but then about Dead Girl. Right. So, so there was a lot of uh, heat going on. And I'm, I'm, I'm still fired up about it. I'm still furious uh, about Kavanaugh. And now I'm upset about Tommy Blum, too. <laughs> so let's talk more about Brett Kavanaugh. This is relevant, I swear. Stick with us. <laughs> 
So he is now seated on the highest court in the United States. He is the one of the most powerful justices, like I'd say, in the world. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's still a sack of shit. Um, but on Saturday, Catlin Books, uh, which is a metaphysical boutique and occult books bookshop uh, in Brooklyn, hosted a hex on Kavanaugh. I would like to remind you at this point that this is our real world horror story. Yeah. Everything in this story is true. Yeah. This is not some shitty story or, I mean, it's a shitty story, but <laughs> it's it's not fantasy. This literally happened. Yeah. This isn't a lifetime movie. <laughs> um, a, uh, yeah. So this bookstore hosted a, a group hex, an effort to make him suffer. Uh, and a their send, word, and send a message to his supporters. Uh, the owner, or co-owner, sorry, uh, Dakota. Jeez, oh, Brockcioli. Sure, sounds good to me. Um, previous era, she, yeah, spoke to Newsweek and said, uh, "We know the system is broken, and the people in charge need to be taken down by any means necessary, magical or otherwise." Um. <laughs> uh, but magical is the one you decided to go with. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly everything else was not working. Yeah, well, that's true. There was an FBI investigation into rape allegations, and nothing happened. Yeah. Nobody did anything. There's violence in the streets. That's not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, people are doing literally everything that uh, the government tells them they should do to be peaceful, and like everybody's supporters like um like the people leading these support groups are saying no we can't riot we can't be violent we have to uh you know we just take the high road and you know be civil we need to go out there and protest peacefully and you know and and vote and you know do all this and that and it's just like we're doing that it's not working yeah and then we're also rioting and fighting nazis in the streets yeah <laughs> and that's not working either nazis guys it's been 70 years since that was an issue. Yep. Um, as a response to the hex, Father Gary Thomas, you know, of the diocese from San Jose, California, as in an extension of the Catholic Church, the big C, as you might call it. <laughs> Uh, told the National Catholic Register, which is a SUMA news publication, uh, that he was planning on doing a special mass for Kavanaugh on Thursday and Saturday. I just want to point out at this point that uh, Father Gary Thomas's official title within the Diocese of San Jose is exorcist. Yeah. He's an exorcist. <laughs> he is a appointed by the church exorcist. Right. Again, this is all true. <laughs> Um, let's see. Father Thomas said, uh, this is a conjuring of evil, not about free speech. I don't see how the two are related. And also, <laughs> calling magic evil is like calling Christianity evil. Which it kind of is. So I don't know. <laughs> um... Uh, let's see. Conjuring up pers personified evil does not fall under free speech. 
What is per, how's it personified? It's a hex. It's not they're not conjuring a demon. I don't know. Uh, uh satanic cults, not do satanic. We, yeah, where do we how do we jump to that conclusion? Right. Well, you know, Christians think that witches there, there's sat there's Christians and there's Satanists. Right. That's it. Yeah. And you know, I way back when actually dated a Wiccan and like just hearing about like that was kind of my first exposure into that. Like and I never really knew much about it. But it's like when you see witches as like, you know, something in like the movie Witches or uh the Wicked Witch of the West, it's like that is if you're if you're a Wiccan, I, I, it's probably offensive. <laughs> because I mean, Wiccans don't worship the devil. They worship the earth. Yeah, trees and plants and shit. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I, so I take, even to this day, I, I take issue with people saying that witches are like they worship Satan. Yeah. It's like there are black witches, sure. Ones that actually do worship Satan and demons, but like those aren't recognized by most actual witches. Anyway. Uh, where do I leave off? Um, satanic, satanic cults. cults. Right. Satanic cults often often commit crimes. They murder and sexually abuse everyone in their cult. But I'm sure some are good people. <laughs> right. On both sides. Uh, you haven't been watching American Horror Story, have you? Nope. There's this... So, spoiler alert to last week's episode. Um, they went back to the murder house for one episode and um in that there comes a, a group of satanists uh led by anton lavey who faked his own death so he could uh be part of the incarnation of the uh antichrist, antichrist. now like i don't know much about lavey and satan's satanists but they don't worship the devil nope <laughs> so again that is offensive. Yeah. I mean, not to me personally, but I'm sure to Satanists, like the Levain Satanists, that's probably very offensive. Probably, yeah. I mean, they probably don't take a lot of issue with it because they're kind of like punks in that way. It's just like, whatever, man. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, the decision the decision to do this against a Supreme Court justice is a heinous act. And says a lot about the character of these people that should not be underestimated or dismissed. Really going to bring up character? Right. <laughs> it's like, let me remind you that a lot of your uh, brethren <laughs> have been accused and convicted of raping little boys. Yep. So don't talk to me about character. Not to mention the person that you're defending right now. Yeah. How's his character? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe one person was lying, but I really doubt all of them were. Yeah. It's like they, you don't get a group of women who don't know each other telling like practically the same, exact same story and they're all lying. That's That doesn't happen. Well, you know, it's all just a big conspiracy from the left. Right. Soros and all that. Uh, Brock Chiali, is that what, what we're going with? Yeah. 
Uh, she also talked to Time Magazine and said that the hexing is being held as a way of, quote, raising visibility and letting people know that they're not alone with the monsters. Even the witches are coming out of the woodwork to stop this. Now, I don't believe in witchcraft and spells and magic. I just, it's not something I subscribe to, just like religion in general. Um, I was going to say, I don't believe in witchcraft. I also don't believe in Catholicism. Right. But, you know, I... If it were real, I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> if they were actually to be able to legitimately catch, cast a hex against him, I wouldn't be upset. Well, they've apparently cast three hexes against Trump already, so well, you can see how well that's taken. Oh, nothing sticks to him. He's Teflon Don. Yep. This is a sad world we live in, guys. Things are going terribly wrong, and nobody's really doing anything about it. Yep. Every day I agree with Thanos a little bit more. Just, yeah, just a little bit more. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, there's a, there's a battle going on for Brett Kavanaugh's soul. <laughs> if he has one. I don't think he does. <laughs> Good point. All right, so moving on into the world of fiction and to the small screen, uh, they're going to be making a television series out of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Uh, we we watched this on the show a while back. We both liked it more than we thought we were going to. Yeah, I mean, like... It it's was... such a dumb premise. Oh, it's so stupid. But then you watch it and you're like, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> Why does everybody hate this? Um, it's going to be titled The Last American Vampire, which is actually the name of the second book in the series written by Seth Graham Smith. Mm -hmm. uh, this is being developed over at NBC. It's a supernatural thriller that follows a 500-year-old bloodsucker and Bon Vivant. What is that? What is Bon Vivant? I don't speak French. <laughs> uh, named Henry Sturgis, who has been held under lock and key for the last 40 years and who's believed to be the last of his kind. When a series of grisly murders reveal a resurgence of vampires in the U.S., the FBI teams with this affable monster... Sorry, FBI teams this affable monster up with Abby, a young FBI analyst, to solve a conspiracy centuries in the making. You know what words I didn't hear in that synopsis? Abraham Lincoln. Oh, I know. But <laughs> Henry Sturgis was actually um, uh, in, the, in the book and in the movie. Um, was he McPoyle? No, he was um, Dominic. Uh, Monaghan? Dominic Cooper. Guy, oh, right. Guy who currently plays Jesse Custer on preacher so he's probably not playing henry probably not um but this also sounds very much like sleepy hollow oh really yeah <laughs> because in that show ichabod crane was entombed for 200 years and then uh is awakened to fight evil with someone named abby <laughs> Even like, the name is the same? Yep. <laughs> That's so. pretty funny. Uh, this is going to be written by Terry Metalis, who previously wrote the 12 Monkeys TV show, as well as Nikita, which I believe is a reboot of La Femme Nikita, right? I never watched it. I, I don't know. I never watched La Femme Nikita either. So. Um, also, Terra Nova and Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah. You know, it's the... 12 Monkeys, you know, it went for four seasons, so obviously people liked it. I never really watched it. I never watched it either, even though I love the movie. 
I don't hate the movie. I'm just not a big fan of it. Oh, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. But I feel like, uh, I think that's part of why I didn't watch it. Because I'm like, this is not going to be as good. Because mm, I didn't have Brad Pitt and Bruce Willis. Exactly. <laughs> um, Brad Pitt's so fucking crazy in that movie. I love it. <laughs> uh, Seth Graham Smith, who wrote the movie as well as the novel, uh, he's going to be executive producer. So he is getting his name attached. Yeah, I was going to say involved, but he's, he's, he he's probably won't be involved. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, 12 Monkeys, like I said, written for four seasons. Enterprise um, was okay. Not the best of the season, of the various series. Had the best captain. <laughs> he was not better than Picard. Fuck you. <laughs> Bacula's better at everything. Shut up. <laughs> uh, neat. Yeah, you'd use you'd hype. Not really, because I watched Sleepy Hollow, so I've seen the show already. <laughs> I mean, hopefully Lincoln's on it. <laughs> Probably not going to be. Seems like it kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, I mean, you know, Lincoln's been dead for over a hundred years. Is this wait? So is this taking place in current day? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the FBI didn't exist in the seventeen or the eighteen hundreds. Oh, <laughs> fair point. Um, yeah. All right. Well, whatever. Fuck it. If that wasn't enough, Dracula, or not Dracula, I'm going to cut that out. Are you actually, or is it going to be like last episode where you say, oh, now i got to cut that out, but it's all still there? No, I cut a lot out. Oh, did you? Yeah, I just left that part in because <laughs> it didn't make sense to cut that part out. <laughs> there, was a, there was a science to it. Um, okay. <clears throat> now, if that wasn't enough vampire news for you, settle in because I got more. Hold on to your butts. Um, so over at the BBC... <laughs> Big black cock. (laughs) Never not funny. Uh, Yeah, partnership between the BBC and Netflix uh, is bringing us a three-part series about Dracula. Dracula. Yep. That's how they say that. Yep. Nobody says it like that. In Romania. No, they don't. You don't know. You've never been there. You don't speak Romanian. I speak a lot of things. (laughs) A lot of people speak a lot of things. Uh, fuck, I lost my place. I was just right. Literally at the, the beginning. Right, right at the beginning. <laughs> yes, three-part series uh, from the creators of Sherlock, who are Mark Gaddis and Stephen Moffat, who I don't like. Oh, really? Really. Because he just fucked up Doctor Who. Uh-oh. Uh, like, I think anybody that listens to the show regularly knows at this point that I'm very liberal. <laughs> Even if you've only listened to this episode, I think you know that. <laughs> sure. Uh, but Stephen Moffat, like, takes that to another level, and it irritates the piss out of me, because everything has to be some statement. Mm. And it just, it, every like, Doctor Who just became, like, this constant political thing and like it wasn't fun anymore um 
you know, right was it Robert T. Davies started like he he I don't want to get into a big Doctor Who thing, obviously, but uh Robert Robert T. Davies, he he rebooted Doctor Who back in like two thousand or something. Um and then he ran the show for like four years and then he quit. I don't know if he had a problem with the BBC or what, but then Stephen Moff <laughs> He just couldn't take the BBC. He couldn't take it. <laughs> but uh he quit and then his uh like a guy who was like a regular contributor to or like on his writing team, Stephen Moffat took over as a showrunner and it was downhill from there. Like he took over when um Matt uh Matt Smith became the doctor. Oh, okay. I know people really like Sherlock. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I'm not a big Benedict Cumberbatch fan. Yeah. But Martin Freeman. Sure, yeah. He's awesome. He is awesome. Uh, the show's going to be it's obviously inspired by Bram Stoker's classic novel. Uh, it's going to reintroduce the world to Dracula, the vampire who made evil sexy. What? Have they read the book? <laughs> there is nothing sexy about Dracula, except when he like makes himself young and uh, like uh, seduces Mina. Aside from that, Dracula is not a sexy person. You know what made vampires sexy? Twilight. And Twilight sucks. <laughs> I mean, you could argue that the Dracula film adaptation. I mean, I guess, but do you find, like, what? Are you talking about Lugosi or Oldman? Uh, either, I guess. And Gary Oldman's not particularly <laughs> sexy in my eyes. <laughs> well, like, the Lugosi film was not it didn't actually follow the book all that closely i mean it you know it hits certain points in the story but as far as like telling the tale as it was told in the novel is kind of all over the place mm. um but like uh coppola's with oldman as dracula that like stuck st- stuck <laughs> you know the the past tense of of stick of stick <laughs> stuck Coppola's film, I almost said it again, <laughs> stuck very close to the book itself. Um, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, do you find Gary Oldman sexy? Is that Do you find me sexy? <laughs> <laughs> do you want a piece of my tail, Harvey? <laughs> oh, okay. God, I miss in living color. Remember, they tried to bring it back, I think briefly, and it just... Like, I think they wanted to bring it back, so, but, like, didn't come back exactly the way they wanted it to. So, Keenan Ivory Waynes did, like, a different show, and it was just not good. Or maybe that, maybe he wanted to do it and it never happened. I don't know. They tried to bring it back, and it just didn't happen. Mm. Uh, you couldn't do, you couldn't do that kind of stuff anymore. Like, uh, just, there was so much, uh, um, Racial stuff in there. They're just like they couldn't go get away with that anymore. Yeah, that's probably true. <clears throat> uh, okay. In Transylvania. <laughs> there we go. In Transylvania in 1897, the blood drinking count is drawing his plans against Victorian London. And be warned, the dead travel fast. It's not true. He traveled on a boat. It took him forever to get there. Yeah. 
the project has been in the works for some time with the news emerging in June of 2017. Moffat and Gaddis said they there have always been stories about great evil. What's special about Dracula is that Bram Stoker gave its evil gave evil its own hero. Dracula wasn't a hero either. He wasn't even necessarily inherently evil. He was an evil, sexy hero. Okay, just deal with it. So stupid. <laughs> I don't think they've read the book. It kind of sounds like it. Yeah, I have my. I have very serious doubts that either Moffat or Gaddis have ever actually read Dracula, which I feel is important if you're going to make a Dracula series. I mean, I would say so, but who am I? <laughs> I'm just a guy. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, it's going to premiere in BBC or on BBC One <laughs> in the UK. And on Netflix outside of the UK. Cool story. <laughs> I think you skipped over this, but each episode will be 90 minutes long. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of the format they follow with uh, uh, Sherlock. Oh, is it? Towards the end. Uh, I, think, I think when Sherlock first came out, it was kind of a regular series. You know, as British shows tend to do, they have like six episodes. Uh, you know, six to... Six or seven episodes. They don't do long, drawn out, like 24 episode seasons like yeah. they do in America. Um, I mean, so more or less, this is going to be a, a four and a half hour long movie. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, you know, they did what, four seasons of Dracula or not uh, of Sherlock. And I know the last season took forever to come out for series. Sorry. Excuse me. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. This is not sounding great. Yeah. Just because I feel like they're not really honoring the source material, which drives me insane. Plus, you don't like Moffat. (laughs) I really don't like Moffat. He's, like, leaving the show, but they, like, yeah, it's just too late. The show's already (laughs) ruined. (laughs) So this is a pass, then. Yeah, I I don't care. I mean, I want to care. I just don't. (laughs) So staying on the small screen, uh, we've got updates to the Creepshow TV series that we've previously discussed. Uh, It's going to be on Shudder. Um, according to Horror News Network, some huge names will be a part of the show, including uh, Stephen King. Ever heard of him? Once or twice, yeah. And his kid, Joe Hill. Ever heard of him? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, as well as Bubba Hotep writer, Joe R. Lansdale. Oh, my God. So Stephen King, you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Joe Hill, so you know who that is. But uh, Joe Lansdale gets gets an oh my god! <laughs> yes, that is a correct uh, but, representation. Out of all three of those, you're like Baba Hotep. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I figured Stephen King was going to step in there at some point in in you know some capacity since he was, you know, basically the guy who wrote the first movie. Yeah. Um. Joe Hill, I mean, 
so you know both him and joe hill being part of it that's cool like i'm glad to hear it yeah i wonder if uh, romero's kid is going to get involved at any point what's his name cody casey Corey? casey i think is right probably not that's, that's probably how he pronounces it too casey <laughs> it's cool it's like uh casey romero no 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 teacher it's casey that's what i said no no you said it wrong you said casey <laughs> it's like i don't get it all right so casey romero president trent haga <laughs> Because uh, all kids go to the same school. <laughs> um, showrunner Greg Nicotero stressed that the tone of the series would shift from story to story, with some taking a lighthearted comedic approach and others taking a much more frightening path. I wonder if he's working on this so he can slowly just back away from Walking <laughs> Dead, which is going in the toilet, apparently. Yeah, I haven't watched the season at all. I, mean, I, I didn't watch last season. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, where was I? I don't know. He also stated that each story would be as long as they need to be and that he didn't feel any pressure to fit the stories into segments of equal length. That's the nice thing about streaming. Yeah. You don't have to worry about being a half hour long. Yeah. I mean, you know, most Netflix shows, like I'll use Netflix as an example. Most Netflix shows are about the same length or episodes wide. Episode wise are roughly, you know, half hour and an hour, Mm -hmm. whatever. But, I mean, since Shudder is primarily film-based, then I don't, yeah, I don't really see a reason why they need to commit to a certain length yeah. of episode. Just like our podcast. Yeah, fuck it's, it. It's however long we decide it is. It's our goddamn show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nicotero also revealed that the current plan is to produce digital comics based on each episode as a potential perk for uh, Shudder subscribers. He also hopes that they are that they are collected into actual comics, which he believes is still the proper way to read comics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, is there a different way to read comics? I guess, I mean, because it says that they're digital comics. And then he says they're collected into actual comics. Oh, I see. So, okay, like paperbacks, I see. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, uh, God, they haven't published a creep show comic in 40 years wow maybe i'm probably wrong i'm just pulling a number out of my head probably didn't creep show come out in like the 80s no creep show was around in like the 50s and 60s no the movie oh the movie yeah 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 creep show was like 80 they didn't have any comics come out around that time because it seems like that would have been a good time (laughs) I, i don't know I wasn't there. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they released a poster, so this is actually happening. Yeah. This isn't shit they're just blowing smoke up our asses like a lot of things. Well, it's Greg Nicotero. It's not Sam Raimi. It's true. Well, I mean, it's like so many things I feel like we hear about nowadays is, you know, a little bit of news drops, and then suddenly everybody's reporting on it. It's like big news, and then it's just like the people behind it are like, well, no, I mean, we're not doing that for like a few more years. I mean, it's like you and I were having this conversation the other day about how, you know, content is king on the internet now. Mm-hmm. And so websites will take a tweet, some innocuous tweet from a filmmaker yeah. and they'll write 300 words about it. Yeah. It's like, 
Like, I don't know how many times I've seen this damn article about John Carpenter saying that he can't talk about They Live 2. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, John Carpenter's making a sequel to They Live. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, uh, God, who was, who was it just recently? Uh, all these things about David Gordon Green and, um, and Danny, McBride. Danny McBride saying all like they want to remake all these other films. It's like, these are stuff, these are shit. These are shit. These are shits that they just are saying in passing. Like they're not having like these full drawn out uh, conversations talking about their detailed plans for remakes. It's just like, yeah, that might be cool. Yeah. Like, like, oh, I got to write an article about it. They're not in conversations with studios. They're not writing scripts even. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, that would be cool if I could, if I could do this. Yeah. It's like, I like that movie. Maybe I want to remake it someday. Yeah. 300 words. Boom. Yep fucking stupid it's ridiculous where's journalistic integrity now and it pisses me off when i'm looking for stories for the podcast and i'm like it's like john carpenter's making they live too and i'm like well this seems like a huge news story let me open this and he's like oh yeah well that was gonna happen but i can't really talk about it because you never know (laughs) and i'm like what the fuck this is not news (laughs) this is a fart in the wind this is nothing yeah you know it's like like when we were talking the other day, it's like, I really wish we had like our own source in the industry that we could get stories from because being beholden to other sites is rough. We need, we need a Madge. A Madge? What do you know, Madge? <laughs> ah, she called him a bozo. <laughs> she told him to beat it, bozo. No, she did not. <laughs> <laughs> What's that scoop, Madge? <laughs> Anyway. So yeah, creep show. I'm looking forward to it. I already got shutter, so bring it on. Suck it. <laughs> so we've got some uh, new updates on the Child's Play TV show, not the film. Remake, reboot, reboob. It's not even a reboot. It's not even a remake because it's a different fucking story. It's just dumb. It's just a just a shit burger. Uh, Regurgitation. That's what they should call it. Boom. Got him. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, the boom. New... Roasted. <laughs> so uh, in an interview with uh, or at Screamfest. Or sorry, oh, this is the Q and A at Screamfest. Uh, Don Mancini, want to wrestle? <laughs> uh, was saying uh, that we deliberately ended Cult with a bunch of bunch of cliffhangers to set up a TV series. Do you believe that? Mm, yes and no. I believe that they ended it with cliffhangers, but not necessarily with the idea of making a TV show. Yeah, I perhaps think... with the idea of making another movie or another TV sh- or a TV show or some other medium. But I don't think that it was necessarily specifically for a tv show yeah i definitely think they're planning to make another movie and now that's not working out (laughs) could be uh he says because there are so many different threads of threads now television could best accommodate that so it was done intentionally oh i see what he means because there are so many different chuckies that now they can go off and do different stories about different chuckies yeah spoiler 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 <laughs> uh, oops. 
at the same time, we have a whole... Well, he kind of spoiled it, too. Uh, at, a, at the same time, we have a whole new world of... A whole new world. A bunch of new characters, which we can say nothing about. Mancini also said that the new series involves children. Weird Did he say it in a creepy just, way? Yeah. It's like, we've got all these delicious... Sorry. <laughs> precious children. <laughs> um, they are so hot. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, 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 good at what they do. Up and coming, you know, hot, like as far as professionally. Not coming. <laughs> Who said coming? <laughs> I didn't say anything about coming. <laughs> We're so stupid. Um, oh, that's awful. <laughs> Mancini also said the new series you know, involves children with Kirshner. Who's Kirshner? Kirshner. Confirming they'd go back to the roots of the series. I think he's the producer. Okay. Um, The only thing we can say from the original film that Don wrote... Wait, sorry. The only thing I think we can say from the original film that Don wrote, Child's Play... Yeah, we know. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) Uh, We are playing with that concept again, the idea of Child's Play. Childs playing but children. Playing. I assume this made more sense when he was saying it. <laughs> uh, so I'll let you guys fill in the pieces of that. I think he's kind of piggybacking off Mancini saying that it involves children. Right. <laughs> so yeah, he, but he's not coming. <laughs> he was the producer on Child's Play as well as on Hocus Pocus and American Tale. Oh. It's <laughs> quite a resume. Um said, uh, we saw that after seven movies, how can we flip again? Uh, this is Mancini. Uh, so this time, so this time, not by merely changing the genre, by changing medium. This will give us a different kind of canvas, a, a much bigger canvas to explore characters and relationships. So I feel like this is not going to focus on Chucky as much as the films do. Well, I mean, there's so many Chuckies, though. Just all the Chuckies. Just hashtag too many Chuckies. <laughs> the concept is so stupid. <laughs> I don't get it at all. <laughs> like I feel like it, it uh, like takes away from the kind of the rules they set up through the entire series. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, I did see in a separate interview he said that Cult of Chucky was c- kind of like the softest of reboots. Where it's like, yeah, it's a sequel, but there's new rules. That's dumb. That's like, oh, I painted myself in a corner, so now I have to <laughs> do something else. Anyway, but you know, I'm I'm definitely more excited about this than I am about the bastard movie going on at MGM. Yeah, with the uh, the bad bad AI doll. Yeah, <clears throat> like literally, just take the batteries out. Yeah. You win. Or just you know, like throw in water. It's probably not waterproof. Yeah, or just like throw it in the trash. <laughs> like run it over your car. Yeah, like there's so many things you could do. You can do all the, th- like, like anything you could do to like kill like uh, a Furby. A toy. <laughs> like if you were trying to destroy a toy, do any of those things. Yeah. It's, it's seriously just a toy. <laughs> it's like, oh no, it's got a knife. Just Yoink. Take it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like no, no, that's mine. 
It's like when my dog has something she's not supposed to have. I don't just run away from her and be like, oh my God, she has a knife. No, I'm like, Suka, give me the knife. <laughs> and then I like jiggle the, to- the treat box. Right. I don't actually give her one. I just shake it and she drops whatever she's got. Yeah, stupid. I thought I was going to give you a treat. I'm not going to give you a treat. You're carrying around a knife. What are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> but like, I mean, if there was a toy just sitting here right next to us, like I could grab one of these pillows and hit it and it would go flying across the room. <laughs> like that's how much you can dominate against a toy. Yeah. That buys you like, what, five minutes? Yeah. Because it's going to take so long to walk back across here because it's got tiny little doll legs. Yeah. Even if it runs, you're going to be a run faster. Yeah. Because you got human legs. Or you just kick it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I never under- understood Chucky, like the child's play movies in general, I guess, because uh, it seemed like whenever he would attack someone, they were struggling against him. So he's a toy. Does he have some kind of, does he like have the strength of just, Charles Lee Ray? Just man strength. But even, like, was Brad Dorff that strong? Was he a strong guy? Maybe. Or is know. he a strong guy? Coming out now, he's super old. He's an old guy. <laughs> and is he doing the voice of Chucky in this? Yeah. He is? Okay. That's good. Yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't be worth it. Oh, for sure. Or what if he went to MGM and did the voice there? That's already not happening. Well, I know. But I'm saying, what if he had? That would have sucked. He would. Mancini would have fought him. Just like a street fight? Yeah. <laughs> Knives and chains? No, just just fists and kicks. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> bitch slap for a bitch. <laughs> anyway. So are you hype on Child's Play TV? Eh, maybe. Mm. Could be cool. Have they said where this is going yet? Uh, I don't think so. Good. Shutter. I mean, why not? Fuck it. Alright, that's enough TV talk. Let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about is wrong. It a, is it a good movie? Well, let's talk about Wrong Turn. Oh, I go to the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't like it, you're in luck because they're they're remaking it. That sounds like a wrong turn. Boo! <laughs> mwah, mwah. Uh, fifteen years after the original hit theaters, which is just crazy. That's so it's long. Been fifteen years since Wrong Turn came out. We're so old. We're old as fuck. Uh, according to sources. Um, oh, I'm pretty sure this has been. Hold on, hold on, my bad joke. So hoping you would forget about that. Never forget. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> That's for Kevin. <laughs> uh, over at Constantine Film, who also made the Resident Evil films, so you know. That's that's a resume. <laughs> Something. <laughs> uh, they are quote deep into development. So deep. There it is. Uh, <laughs> on a new incarnation of the series, original writer Alan P. McElroy, uh, Alan B. McElroy. I don't know why I said P. Uh, he is returning because you have peepees on your mind to write the script. After oh, here's why: because Mike P. Nelson, uh, who directed The Domestics for Orion, haven't seen that. Me neither. Uh, he's going to be directing. 
Um, so get this. The upcoming remake will update the time period and plot for timely purposes what? And, and to add some social context to the film. Hold on. Like, first of all, obviously you're updating the time period because it's coming out now. Yeah. I Wrong mean, Turn was never a period piece. No, it took place in like the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, it took place in present day of when the movie came out. Right. Uh, the plot, as described by Deadline, is about a cross-country hiking expedition that puts a group of friends in the land of an inclusive society where they soon discover they are under a different rule of law and may not be the victims they thought they were. The that new, doesn't sound like a thing. The new take will once again take friends to Harper's Ferry, West Virginia, to spend a couple days hiking in the Appalachian Trail. In this one, they are confronted by, quote, the Foundation, a community of people who have lived in the mountains since before the Civil War. Oh, and they don't take well to strangers. Hold on. This is 2001 Maniacs. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, what? What? This, this, is, this is not wrong turn at all. This doesn't sound anything like it. No. Aside from being like in the backwoods. Yeah, it takes place in the same town. Yeah. That's the only... And is called wrong turn. Right. That's so stupid. This literally sounds like a remake of 2001 Maniacs. Why? Why do they... Why? Why do they do this? And like, it's not like I have some like precious spot in my heart for wrong turn. Like, I don't really care, I guess. <laughs> but... I just don't understand the logic behind it. Where, who, why? Who came up with this? Like, I mean, Wrong Turn is about a bunch of inbreds who live in, in the woods. Oh, uh, yeah. And just kill people that stumble upon their home. Yeah. It has nothing to do with, like, this society or this community of people. And I, I mean, you have to assume if they're just, like, this community living in the backwoods of Appalachia. That they're probably inbred. I mean, they at least got to keep that. But they make it sound like they're much more of like a society and a community and they like live in the town or something. Yeah. As opposed to just being these like feral people. Just, yeah. Just backwoods freaks. Yeah. That just eat people. <laughs> I feel like they're missing the point. <laughs> it kind of feels that way. Yeah. Even though it's this, it's the writer from the original. You know, so many people say, "Oh, why are they? Why do they keep making remakes?" And in like in this case, it's not a remake; it's completely different. But you know, I, f I feel like studios would be constantly fighting against that. It's like people saying, "Oh, I'm so sick of remakes." Blah blah blah. And it's just like you have a film that is not Wrong Turn. It is nothing like Wrong Turn. If anything, it's like 2001 Maniacs. Uh or just regular 2000 Maniacs, whatever. Um, so call it something else. Yeah. And then you've got an original film and people have nothing to bitch about. Call it 2002 Maniacs. It's like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> or 2018 Maniacs. Sure. Yeah. Or whatever year it comes out. Probably not this year. Probably not. If this ever actually gets made. I feel like nobody's going to want this. <laughs> I, I mean... Would you rather have this or Wrong Turn 7? Probably Wrong Turn 7. Can you believe there's six of these fucking things? It's hard to believe. Let me note that there are seven Star Wars movies. <laughs> there, are, there are almost as many Wrong Turns as Star Wars. Yeah, there are six Rocky movies. Seven or eight if you count the Creed movies. There's only four Indiana Jones Right. Why are there more wrong turns than Indiana Jones? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, was there 
were people like fiending for more wrong turn? I sure as fuck wasn't. Like, you know, wrong turn was okay. Wrong turn two was passable. After that, it was a mess. Yeah. Like, I, I haven't even seen all of them because I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm pretty sure three was the last one I saw. Uh, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, the only logical thing I could think is like, oh, well, people know wrong turn. So let's use that. That's, yeah, pretty much. But just don't. I think you'll find that you'll get better results if you don't do that. Hard to say. I mean, there's a reason studios keep making remakes, and that's because they're making money. Yeah. I mean, people are, I mean, studios, I guess, you know, they're not pulling in the money from theaters like they used to. But, you know, I think they're starting to figure out streaming. They're starting to figure out direct-to-video releases are getting more play than movies that are in theaters, except for, like, the big blockbusters. Yeah. So they can turn out shit like this for cheap and put it on a streaming, you know, put it out for VOD and make money off of it without putting forth, like, any effort. Because then people will watch it and go, oh, this isn't the right movie. Shit, what did I, what did I buy? <laughs> Maybe it's just like some... I thought I was watching Wrong Turn. Fuck. <laughs> Maybe it's like some really just like overworked PA at the studio. Uh, just had like a desk full of... like Or like a script reader or something. Just had like a desk full of scripts. And like they're all remakes. And like put the wrong... like Maybe it was like a mix-up and they put the wrong... Uh, wrong cover page. Yeah, cover page on it. Like this is actually supposed to remake be a remake of 2000 Maniacs. <laughs> anyway. That's just a theory. It, I mean, makes as much sense as anything else. Yeah, that's just me thinking my thoughts. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for uh, for horror business. Yeah, we made it, guys. Hey, congratulations, everybody. Hey, and we did it in just over an hour. That's surprising, considering how many tangents we went on. Yeah, but that's just us doing our thing. You're T- welcome. Tangents are us. Okay. So why don't we move on to some film reviews? <laughs> little monsters, guys, or mini mon? Are we going with little mon- little monsters or mini monsters? Mini monsters. Mini. Because we're not watching little monsters. No, I wish we were watching little monsters. Me too. Awesome. But Howie Mandel's too tall to be a mini monster. It's true. Why is it called little? There are little monsters, but not all of them. Not all of them are little. It's a dis- very deceptive name. <laughs> Mini monsters, guys. <laughs> That's the name we're going with. Uh, that was what was assigned to us. Um, two movies. Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Ghoulies. Jonathan is having a housewarming party. Whoa! What do you guys want to do? Well, we could play hide and go seek. <laughs> yeah. What about Trivial Pursuit? Yeah. A trip. Poker. Yeah. <laughs> I got an idea. Let's do a ritual. Yod-hey. 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 You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself. Hey, knock it off. 
that was fun. No, no, wait. I, I need to dismiss the spirit. So do I. Where's the bathroom? Upstairs. <laughs> Unfortunately, there will be some surprise guests. <laughs> they have very bad manners. And they have no respect for privacy. They'll wake up the neighbors. What the hell's in there? And they never take no for an answer. Oh, man, that chick is really a screamer. <laughs> Ghouls, once they show up, you can never get rid of them. <laughs> ah! They'll get you in the end. Okay, guys. So, 1985, the year of our Lord, <laughs> uh, was a pretty good year for movies. Fright Night, Reanimator, um, and others. <laughs> but also brought to us was Ghoulies. Uh Directed by Luca Berkovici. Vici. Um, and this was Fright a, Night, Reanimator, Silver Bullet, Day of the Dead, Return of the Living Dead, The Stuff, Return of the Living Dead. That's another one. I Once got. Bitten, Demons. See Transylvania Six Five Thousand. There you go. Nineteen eighty five was fucking boss for uh, <laughs> horror guys. Uh, <laughs> then. Then Empire uh, Films came along. Like I said in that uh, last episode episode before, right? No. Reanimator. That was last episode, right? Uh, nope. That was two episodes ago. Two episodes ago when we did Reanimator, mentioned Empire Films, then became um, Full Moon Pictures. So uh, this is a Charles Band joint. Uh, and yeah. Now... I want to tell you, I don't understand this movie. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I thought it was just me. Like, I'm about halfway through it, and I'm like, why is any of this happening? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I'm not a stickler for plot details when I'm watching a stupid movie, uh, but, like, there was something seriously missing. There's too much plot. Was like There was? I think so. I feel like uh, there's too much plot, not enough ghoulies. Where the fuck are the ghoulies? <laughs> the ghoulies are in the movie for like 10 minutes. He's <laughs> like George Costanza's mom. <laughs> Where are the ghoulies? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't understand. And like, okay, what was the point? Like, why was, why was any of this happening? Why were the ghoulies at there at all? <laughs> I don't know. If you're going to call the movie ghoulies have the ghoulies in the movie. Otherwise, call your movie something else and make this movie. Yeah, so let's start uh, in the... the like I'm just looking at Wikipedia here, looking at the plot, and you know this looks like it's more or less accurate. <clears throat> Starts out, Malcolm is about to sacrifice his child named Jonathan Graves when his mother, Anastasia, places a talisman around his neck that shocks Malcolm. I mean, yeah, that happened. That happened, yeah. This is our opening scene. And there are there's not much more to it either. Like, why is Malcolm sacrificing his only son? I don't know. I don't know. 
Does it ever tell you why in the rest of the film? Nope. <laughs> he's just sacrificing him because he's the chosen one. For power. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason, him trying to sacrifice his kid uh, summons the ghoulies, and I don't know why that happens. But Wait, did it summon them? I thought they were just already there. So I think a couple of them were. I don't know. Like... So, yeah, she push, puts this talisman on the baby because she's like, there's like this cult. Like, there's like like seven-ish people. Like, I think that's a thing in the movie. Seven people in this cult all wearing these white robes. And Malcolm's up on this altar, uh, you know, speaking some language, made-up language. Yeah. And his eyes are glowing for whatever reason. And also going in different directions. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie. Even when Jonathan does it later. Yeah. Like... You guys should have just ditched that effect. I was like, did they put the contacts in the wrong eyes or something? <laughs> I think they were like um, contacts that uh, reflect black light. Mm. Uh, and so just, I think just the lighting made it look like their eyes were going in <laughs> two different directions. But it was bad look. It was. It's like, you guys should have seen that in your dailies and be like, that's not working. Let's not do that. He looks like a derp. Yeah. <laughs> Or like like the derp memes, yeah. Or just put it in post. Like, <laughs> like it's like okay, those contacts are not working. Let's reshoot it, and we'll just make his eyes glow in post. That's gonna be way better. Yeah. Or just ditch the glowing eyes because it was stupid. Well, yeah. His eyes just kept glowing for no reason. for no reason, <laughs> no explanation. That's kind of like the the mo of this movie. Um. <laughs> So yeah, he goes to sacrifice his kid, but his but his uh his the kid's mom runs out of the cult and she's like, No And he's like just like unhand him, bitch. She's like, Don't cut the baby in half. <laughs> it's like you said you wouldn't do this. Oh, you must be the mother. <laughs> yeah, she's like, Don't kill our son. And he's like, but I really want to. <laughs> and uh, she puts, yeah, puts this necklace around the baby's neck. And she's like, there, now you can't hurt him. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you bitch. <laughs> he's like, I don't think so. And then he tries to hurt the baby and he can't because he gets electrocuted. Yep. By the talisman. And then he takes some fat guy out of the audience. Yeah. And he's like, take this baby he away. Was, he was from Twin Peaks. Who was he? Who was he? Uh, God damn it. Where is he? Yeah, this this fat guy takes the baby just like out into the yard and just lets him go. <laughs> go now. Be free. <laughs> Run. Uh, damn it. Oh, uh, Pete. Pete Martell. Oh, uh, what? Yeah. That was Pete Martell? Mm-hmm. Couldn't remember his character's name, but yes. Yes, Pete. The guy with the fish and the percolator? That guy. The one who found uh, Laura. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, so he's like, you, come here. Take my baby. It's like, get, get rid of him. <laughs> this guy, Wolfgang, played by Jack Nance. He's just like, uh, okay. <laughs> so he runs out of the mansion and then he like Malcolm like casts his spell on his wife and makes something explode out of her chest. Yeah. Never shows you what. No. 
but her chest is just pulsing. I was waiting for a ghoulie to pop out of her chest, yeah. like alien or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's probably where the green ghoulie... Like, I, I, I hadn't seen this movie before. This is the first time I've ever seen it. Me too. Okay. Um, I thought maybe like the, the green ghoulie from the, the poster was going to be like po- bursting out of her chest. Yeah, something. me too. But no, it's just something. So I don't know if the ghoulies have names, but I, I gave them names. Okay. So there's Batty and Ratty. <laughs> and then the two toadies. Because <laughs> they look like a bat and a rat and, a, to- and a toad. You got to stop that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> don't touch me like that. <laughs> oh, and Caddy. There's one that looks like a cat, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Ratty's the one that uh, looks like a... Uh, is it uh No... So, salacious, salacious crumb. crumb. I keep wanting to say sebaceous, but it's not. I think that's because when I didn't know the character's name when I was a kid, my dad said sebaceous crumb. Oh, it's not it's salacious. But now it's just ingrained in my head. Anyway, but yeah, he he looked like him and he laughed like him too. It's like, <laughs> you know, Jabba's little mate. <laughs> uh Yep. So, flash. So, yeah. Flash forward. F- flash forward. Uh, Some years later. Yeah. Jonathan's an adult now, or like a college kid. I don't know. He, he's it's, wearing a Letterman seemed, sweater. It seemed like all his friends were high schoolers, but he's definitely older. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Everybody in this movie looks like somebody, but they're not anybody. Yeah. Like, the, like this guy looks like a young Eric Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, because the first time I, like, I was. I, I, was, I had already lost interest in this <laughs> like 10 minutes into the movie. Uh, and I was looking at my phone and I looked up and I saw his profile and I thought it was Eric Roberts. <laughs> like, holy shit, I didn't know he was in this. He's not. He had a pound of stone. <laughs> um, and then there's a character that looks like Mariska Hargitay, played by Mariska Hargitay, <laughs> who's from SVU. Oh, okay. She's Lieutenant Benson. I don't know. You've never, never mind. This isn't a conversation worth having. (laughs) I just can't even with you. Um, Yeah, so him and his girlfriend, what's her name? Becky. Becky. Rebecca. (laughs) Becky. Uh, They move into this mansion because his father died. A slow, miserable death that we never got to see. (laughs) But apparently he's dead now. And now Jonathan inherits the mansion uh, for some reason. I guess just because he's well, because he's a son. That's the reason. Yeah, duh. <laughs> Obviously. Um. But you know what didn't make sense to me is like he is exploring this place like he'd never been there before. But then he talks about Wolfgang, who was the guy who rescued him from the cult, uh, saying that like Wolfgang's kind of like my only family. But then also says like he's the caretaker around here. So it's like so. He just like disappeared to work to work at this house that is your dad used to own. Then you've never been here. You've always been here. <laughs> There's this is just one of many things in this movie that don't make any sense. Like that's just starters. Oh, apparently he's 21. This is 21 years later, according oh. to Wikipedia. Anyways, okay, and he is in college. College boy. At 21, you'd almost be graduated by now. One would think. Unless he's a doctor. All right. Um, 
So yeah, they go into the house and they're starting to kind of clean things up because it's a, just a fucking mess. And they start finding all these books around about the occult and black magic and all this shit. And then when Jonathan goes down into the basement uh, and these this stone ceiling that's just been there for, you know, since the beginning, or since the house was built, just happened to fall down right when he's walking under them and calls his attention to this chest, which contains his father's journal or, you know, just like a bunch of like incantations and stuff and his robe. And he's just hypnotized by this. Um, now, we're easily at 20 minutes into the movie at this point, And you're probably wondering, where are the ghoulies? Well, I'll get there <laughs> towards the end of the movie. <laughs> um, so he decided to throw a party. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like the lamest fucking college party. You have a mansion. And you invite like seven people over. <laughs> there were a lot of people there. Well, I guess only seven went to the... Uh, yeah, like the main cast. The after party. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the party itself for, is, is for fine. For cigars and brandy <clears throat> in the study. Yeah, but then everyone goes home except for him and his closest friends. And they're all like, we could play hide and seek. I'm like, you are adults. Hide the bone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you play hide the sausage. <laughs> Then they're like, oh, we could play charades. And I'm like, are you, what even is happening? Are you five fucking years old? <laughs> and then Jonathan's like, we could do some spells and shit. Yeah, he's like, I could do an incantation or whatever. And everyone's like, yeah. He's like, fucking hey, let's do that. You know, I've been to my share of parties, even Halloween parties. No one's ever been like, hey, we, we could do a summoning. <laughs> no one's even bust out a Ouija board at a party I've been to. No. And it's like, even if somebody did, like, somebody says, hey, let's uh, let's try to summon a demon. I'm mean, like, I mean, I don't believe in that, but it's like, I'm going to go. I feel like there's like a this very, is going down a dark road. very fine line where I could be drunk enough for that to happen <laughs> without me being so drunk that I'd just be like, fuck you, idiot. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> um. You know, like girls like play like light as a feather, stiff as a board, that kind of shit. And but yeah, like you like you said, like at a party when you're 21. Yeah, it's like I don't think I. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's dumb. The whole <laughs> thing is just ridiculous. And he goes down. They go down to the basement. It's just like I'm not going down in that basement. <laughs> <laughs> like on the list of things I'm not going to do, that's at the top. And he starts, like, drawing all these uh, characters and uh, shapes on the ground. And, uh, and Becky's like, how Becky, do you know how to do this? He's like, oh, I guess I just inherited it or some bullshit. It's like it's like genetic memory. Yeah, <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> um, And everybody, like, starts fucking with him like this is a joke. And he's just like, shut up! <laughs> Take this seriously! <laughs> this isn't a joke, guys! This is my life. <laughs> I'm super serial. <laughs> this is my heritage. <laughs> and everybody's like, take a chill pill, bruh. <laughs> you want to pound the steel? 
pound the stone. stone. Sorry. Fuck. I got it. I got it, man. Um, but yeah, nothing happens. And then he, they're like, yeah, this is dumb. We out. And he's like, wait, I didn't dismiss the demon. And that's when a ghoulie comes up out of the ground. Just one little toady. Yeah. Um, then he like then Jonathan, who was just becoming like more and more entranced by his dad's work or whatever. Uh, he says he's gonna quit college, and he's just gonna hang out hang out at the house all the time. And Rebecca's just like, um, okay. no. <laughs> I mean, you do you, <laughs> I guess. Um, and uh, and he basically spends all of his time like down in the basement, putting on his robe, dad's robe, and like starting all these rituals and shit well she moves in with him at one point and uh but she's like but no more of this occult business right and he's like okay you stop all this foolishness and then they start like getting down and one of the toadies draws a fucking pentagram or something under the bed Mm -hmm. and he's like dry humping her just like and she's like what the fuck are you saying (laughs) and then she just gets up and she sees the the drawing and she's like you're an asshole. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. And then walks out. And yeah, I don't know if that like drives him crazy or something, but then he just starts doing all these fucking monos hands of fate shit in the basement. Yeah. Just like shooting lightning at shit <laughs> for whatever fucking reason. Oh, come on. If you learned you could shoot lightning at shit, you, you wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it in the basement <laughs> of I'd, my home I'd, where I live. I'd like go out in the woods and shit. <laughs> That's true. Where people couldn't see me. <laughs> And where, yeah, where I wasn't going to destroy my house. Yeah. My bitchin' inherited mansion. <laughs> um, and then he summons two little... What's the preferred nomenclature? Uh, I think dwarves is okay. Okay. It's not little people? Wikipedia says dwarves. Okay. So if anyone's offended, blame Wikipedia. Did you think this was Warwick Davis? No, but I immediately thought of Willow. Oh, okay. I just, I thought it was him, like, but the mustache and the teeth that looked fake were throwing me off. Yeah. But he he just summons two little dwarves from another dimension or whatever. Yeah. Don't know why. We still have only seen hints of ghoulies at this point. Right. But now we're getting dwarves from another dimension. And there's no explanation for any of it. No. Their names are Grizzle and Greedigut. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a man and a woman. Then they're just there. They are tiny. Tiny. They're very little. Yeah. They, they gotta be like maybe two feet tall. Like they are like the size of basketballs. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know that I've like aside from like child little people, like I don't know that I've seen a person that small. I was trying to figure out if it was, was like actually their size or if it was just effects. Cam- camera tricks. Yeah. Um I don't I, I don't know why they're there, aside from like being his helpers. Like, I don't understand any of this. No, it doesn't make any sense. That's why you don't understand it. <laughs> there's there's no basis for any of this. He's just like picking up his father's work for no reason. <laughs> like just because. Yeah. Like he doesn't have any goal in mind. But just he seems like, to know how to do everything yeah. because of that genetic memory. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, why did they make this? <laughs> so yeah, Grizzle and Greedigut show up and he's like, you know, they're like, what do you desire? And he's like, 
power. Uh, he doesn't say money. I keep wanting to say money. <laughs> money, power, respect. But no, he's like power, knowledge. That's what he says. And they're like, and what of Becky? Do you want her? And he's like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, then you shall have her. But you have to do this special ceremony where you need seven other people. He's like, I just happen to have exactly seven friends. It's like, bro, like you wouldn't have a problem if you didn't start all this shit. Yeah. It's like, and, and knowledge of what? No, no, no explanation. Just it's like, just knowledge. Yeah, he doesn't general knowledge. He doesn't like, like, well, like he doesn't say specify like knowledge of the universe or like you know knowledge of like magic or or whatever. Just general knowledge. It's like you dropped out. You dropped out of college. Yeah, you know how you could get general knowledge? Stay in fucking college. Yeah, yeah you know how they've been saying stay in school for like decades? You should have done that. Yeah, there's a reason that they say that. Yeah, it's a thing that they, uh, like, there's reasoning behind it. Like, yeah. Like, there are there are known, like, proven effects of staying in school. And, and one of them is knowledge. It's, knowledge. <laughs> it's like, you just want to be, like, the smartest guy in the world? Is that what you're going for? I guess. I mean, I can understand and, that to and a power. degree, I guess. Yeah. With, with power. Right. Well, I mean, you know, if you watch Scarface, first you get... The money. See, but there was no money. He didn't want money. <laughs> well, then you don't get power. And if you don't have power, you don't get the you, women. You don't get the women. <laughs> Just, you got to go out and start hustling. Get that money. Get that paper. <laughs> get your paper up. <laughs> this movie is so stupid. If you like this, then something's wrong with you. I'm going that far. <laughs> But so they do this ritual with the seven other people, and uh, it resurrects Malcolm yeah. from the grave, which I didn't realize at first it was Malcolm. So I'm just like, oh, oh now there's a zombie. Okay, <laughs> what the fuck? There's so much going on. There's there's ghoulies, <clears throat> maybe. We've only seen hints they of just, them. They're you know, around the outside. Yeah. They're just hanging out, and then the, the dwarves don't know why they're there. And then Malcolm. Well, to get him to the power and the knowledge. <laughs> right. Why they have why they have that ability, I don't know. Don't know. But yeah, he brings in all his friends. And he gives them these weird sun. They all have to wear weird sunglasses that apparently lets them not see the ghoulies. Is that what it was? I guess because the ghoulies were eating the turkey dinner right off the table and nobody noticed. Yeah, I mean, I know that Jonathan was wearing them because his eyes were fucking glowing. <laughs> he was trying to hide his glowing eyes like the goddamn Terminator. Uh, but then, like, Mike had the ones with the windshield wipers on them. Right. Oh, God, Mike. I forgot about him. That guy, no, his name was Dick. Oh, that's right. Mike's the <laughs> other guy. Like, at the beginning of the party, he goes into the kitchen. He's talking to Mariska Hargitay. And he was like, hey, my name's Dick. My fr- and my friends call me Dick. <laughs> like when he says that, he pops open this can of beer and the foam just goes fucking everywhere. <laughs> it's just like this guy is awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I remember I specifically wanted to talk about that. Just the way he said it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, Mike's the weird guy that did like the weird crazy dancing at the beginning when he like got down on the ground, right. started running around in circles. Yeah, I believe like that guy. <laughs> he's a total fucking drug addict too like he's smoking pot and then when he's dancing like like joints and pills and shit are falling out of his pockets <laughs> um but he was a uh, copeland from police academy <laughs> i saw scott thompson in the credits and i thought it was the guy from uh 
kids in the hall. Kids in the hall. And I was like, <laughs> wait, no. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, they do this ritual. They raise Malcolm from the grave. Oh, I should mention that uh, Jonathan earlier in the movie gave the talisman that his mother had given him as a baby to Rebecca. And so she, that, in turn, pr- uh, protected her from the effects of his magic and his madness. It's like he knew preemptively that shit was going to go sideways. Uh, but then she, like, when... Oh, yeah, so when she finds the... Uh, the, th- the thing drawn onto the bed and she runs out, she takes off the necklace and throws it at him. Right. And that's when like he, Oh, he, he hypnotizes her to keep her from leaving. And so apparently now, that's also a thing he can do. Yeah. He has just all these powers. So he got the power. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> or maybe, he, maybe the power was in him the whole time. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Um. So he's hypnotized Rebecca, which is like the opposite of what he wanted to do. Like he gave her that necklace. Oh no! Wait, so they would... the the dwarves hypnotized her. Is that what it was? Yeah, because she tried to leave, and they were standing outside, and they hypnotized her to stay. Oh, I thought he did it. No, they did it because they have they they <laughs> they have, did it. <laughs> they have the power, and he wants the power. he wants the power, and the women, and they can only they can provide it. Or something. <laughs> Some kind of fucking thing. <clears throat> so, yeah, they're doing this ritual in the basement. Everybody's... Is everybody dead already? I don't remember. No, Malcolm shows up and he tells the ghoulies to kill everybody for some reason. Yeah. Just to because he's an asshole, I guess. He is a total prick. And so finally the ghoulies start doing something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the ghoulies just off everybody and then put them in the clansman robes and take them down to the basement. They're so, so fucking creepy, too. They're just like these white linen robes with, and like a piece of fabric over their face. Yeah. And then there's like blood, spots of blood all over them. Yeah. So, I don't know. And then Malcolm also reveals that the dwarves are also under his control. Yeah. And so, like, somehow Jonathan breaks loose of this hypnotism or whatever that his, that, that this, this trance that he's been under basically since the beginning of the movie. And he, Conscious, like he he puts the necklace back on Rebecca, and she breaks loose of her trance, and she's like, well, "What's going on?" And yeah, I don't know. Thing <laughs> like things just kind of come apart then. <clears throat> well, so he kills he kills Becky, or Becky falls down the stairs. Oh yeah, so many people like everyone died. Yeah, except for Jonathan. Yeah, Becky fell down the stairs, and the ghoulies killed all the friends. Yeah, and. So they get in like this lightning battle, like two fucking Jedi's. Well, first he like uh, Malcolm tells Jonathan he's like, you know, I I'm gonna do what I wanted to do years ago, and that's kill you and take your take your youth. Is that what he? That's what he wanted. Apparently, yeah. That was that's it. And then all of a sudden, Wolfgang shows up on the on the uh, landing, like fucking Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, and he's just like. <laughs> it does like this crazy maniacal laugh and then yeah wolfgang and malcolm get in this lightning fight where they're just shooting lightning out of their eyes at each other yeah. apparently wolfgang is magic i guess he's a wizard of some kind <laughs> and yeah so they're duking it out and like he tells jonathan to go 
and like is Malcolm kills Malcolm, right? The house collapses on him. Right. Okay. Oh yeah. So yeah, Wolfgang comes down, they start fighting, and then everyone comes back to life. Yep. Don't know why. Just everyone did it. Because Malcolm's defeated, I guess. People. So his powers are But they died. They they were killed. Like not by magic. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not like it was a death spell. <laughs> Yeah, Everybody comes back to life. They were killed by ghoulies, not even by like a spell. Yeah. And then they all go outside and then the house collapses. They all, and they all get in different cars yeah. and they drive away. And then all of a sudden the ghoulies pop out behind Mike. And then ghoulies too. Toolies. Toolies. <laughs> so last night I was watching this and I gave my wife a choice. Do you want? I said, do you want to watch ghoulies or critters? And so she just, I assume probably like read like IMDb synopses of them. She's like, oh, let's watch Ghoulies. She chose poorly. poorly. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she, um, like through the whole movie, she just like saying how stupid it was. Um, how many of these fucking things were there? Three, I think. Is there only three? I think so, but I was- Ghoulies, so- Ghoulies, Ghoulies go to college was the jump the shark. I guess. But I, I told nope, her- Nope, there's four. There's four. God. What is it like? Ghoulies go to the beach or something? Nope, just called Ghoulies 4. <laughs> but I was telling my wife, I, I guess I didn't know there were four. I said, wife, there are three of these. You know, like, you know what the first one's called? Ghoulies? Yep. You know what the second one's called? Ghoulies 2? Yep. You know what the third one's called? Ghoulies 3? Nope. <laughs> Ghoulies go to college. <laughs> She's like, oh my God. <laughs> Jonathan is in all of them. So he went back to college. Good for him. Oh, nope. Wait. He's only in one, two, and four. Oh. So he didn't go back to college. Matthew Lillard is in Ghoulies Go to College. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe we should have watched that one. Because Matthew Lillard is awesome. Oh, I don't think. No, he's. <clears throat> Jonathan is only in one and four. Okay. But part two has uh, the guy that. This is, is this the guy that played Mickey on Seinfeld? <laughs> Phil, no, not Phil. Yeah, Phil Fondacaro. No, a different guy. Oh, well, he's in it. Oh, well, good. From Willow. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know why they made a sequel to this. This movie's stupid. <laughs> this is so bad. Maybe the other ones are better. I don't know. It made me think of Manos so many times. <laughs> Every time he put on the fucking robe, it just made me think of Manos. <laughs> Yeah, this is a bad, bad movie. I don't know why people like just adore this fucking thing. There's not enough ghoulies in it, for one. Yeah, I don't know why it's called ghoulies. The ghoulies are such a small part of this movie. Yeah, it should have been called, like, uh, I don't know, Jonathan. <laughs> Graves. Um, power, uh, power and knowledge. Call it power and knowledge. There you go. But not money. <laughs> but no money. He doesn't, he doesn't want money. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not interested in money. <laughs> uh, I think I've said my piece throughout this entire review, so I'm just going to go ahead and say two, probably. Yeah, two, I think. Yeah, it's it's not good, and there's not enough ghoulies. The 
the cover of the thing is a ghoulie coming out of the toilet, which happens, but it's like not a thing. Yeah. It's like somebody saw that moment in the movie and was like, oh, <laughs> ghoulie in the toilet. That's your poster. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody was like, "Yeah, well, he's he's, you know, that's Mr. Weinstein." So, <laughs> do what he says. Like it wasn't that wasn't even like a like the primary ghoulie either. Like there were other ghoulies that had more screen time. Yeah, but there was two of the toady ones, right? Um, yeah, I, and like I was talking about this to a guy at work, and he goes, "I always thought of it as kind of like a." Uh, knockoff of gremlins and i'm like it's really not though because the ghoulies aren't even in it enough to make it a knockoff of gremlins and the story's not even anything like it either no so yeah it's like where are the ghoulies if you're gonna call your movie ghoulies make the movie about the ghoulies the ghoulies are a fucking side character in this one mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm with you I'm, this is a two as in poop i've seen worse but not much so uh let's uh let's talk about critters of all the planets in the galaxy they chose ours they hide in small places this phone is dead what they light the dark Jay, any luck? Just a minute. There's nothing cute about them. They've come a long way, and they're hungry. All right, Critters, 1986. Um, Just missed the mark. Yep. Well, April. Directed by Stephen Herrick, who I'm not familiar with. I have family whose last name is Herrick, and it, that doesn't seem like a really popular name to me. It's not. doesn't seem super common, no. So it's like, are they related somewhere? Maybe. Maybe they are. Maybe. Maybe they are. How? Okay, the budget for this is $2 million. $2 million? Budget for Ghoulies is $5.5 million. What happened? Where did it go? <laughs> so, we, we open on an asteroid prison in outer space. Yep. And we just get voiceovers of someone saying <clears throat> that, you know, we're bringing in these prisoners. We've got eight of these crites. And somebody was like, well, there are supposed to be 10 crites. What happened? And he goes like, well, they were eating too much. So we had to kill two of them. So we shot them. <laughs> and the other guy's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. 
But then these Krites end up breaking out. We don't see any of this. We're all just told all of this. No, and here's another thing. <clears throat> you don't see, like I kept watch, you don't get any significant screen time of the Krites for like 40 minutes into the film. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're told that the Krites escaped. By the way, Krites is my uh, cousin's maiden name. <laughs> But we're told that they escaped and they stole the fastest ship that these people have. And uh, this guy who looks like he's wearing a, a flesh Darth Vader helmet. He kind of looks like a big penis. He looks like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> he gets these bounty hunters and he sends them out. And he's like, I need you to go bring back these krites or kill them. Either way, whatever. <laughs> and they're just like their heads are faceless and they're glowing green. Mm-hmm. A much better glowing effect. Than the fucking eyes and ghoulies. Oh, yeah. And so while they're traveling to Earth, because they determine that's where the Krites are going, they watch a music video by Johnny Steele, and one of them transforms his face into Johnny Steele. With biggest hair. Such such hair. <laughs> such hair. <laughs> and the other one, Johnny Steele's like, you know, transform, and he's like, I don't like any of these <laughs> <laughs> and so he's just like walking around on earth for a while with this faceless glowing green head. <laughs> but luckily no one sees him. Otherwise they'd be like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Uh, meanwhile, in Kansas, the Brown family, uh, they're sitting down for dinner. We've got Jay, the father, uh, Helen, the mother played by D Wallace mm-hmm. or D Wallace stone as she's known in this. Really? I didn't notice that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, from E.T., of course, as well as the children, April and Brad. Brad's played by Scott Grimes. Or, or Grimey, Grimey, as he <laughs> likes to be called. Who, like, I think he's currently in the Orville. And, like, he does the voice of the son on, uh, on American Dad. Like, basically everything Scott McFarlane's done. Seth McFarlane. Seth McFarlane. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> you, you know him. Um, and then we're like introduced via phone call to April's boyfriend, Steve. <laughs> Played by the beautiful Billy Zane. <laughs> With a fucking awful ponytail. <laughs> that fucking ponytail, man. Um, as well as Charlie McFadden, who is a former baseball pitcher turned just town drunk <laughs> right that's like quite the turn <laughs> yeah apparently he started hearing messages through his fillings mm-hmm. and so he went crazy and started drinking as you do <laughs> sure but he now works on the the brown family farm just doing stuff <laughs> yeah just hanging out with brad who makes his own fireworks yeah <laughs> that guy's a that kid's a fucking maniac yeah, he is. Like, if this, if this movie took place in the 2000s, or the aughts, or whatever, what are these, the teens, is that what they are? Yeah. Um, he would be seen as like a terrorist in the making. <laughs> yeah, probably. Just making explosives. Uh, uh, what do they call them, IEDs? Yeah. He's making a fucking pipe bomb. Yeah, he's making this giant firecracker. He calls he calls it a firecracker, but it's a fucking pipe. It's bomb. It's a bomb. Yeah. 
<laughs> he, he uses it later. We'll get into that. Yeah. But so other relevant characters in this are the town sheriff, Harv, as well as uh, the um, dispatcher. Uh, what is her name? Uh, uh, fuck. Played by Lynn Shea. Yeah. Which makes sense because this is a Robert Shea produced film. Right. I was waiting for him to show up because you know how much he loves to be in his own movies. Um, Sally. Sally. Right. I kept wanting to say Kelly, but then... Wait a minute. What happened? Corey Burton and Kate Winslet as the voices of the Krites. That can't be the same person. (laughs) Nope. Sure is. What the fuck? That's quite a start to your career. Yeah, I'll say. (laughs) All right. But so, uh, Charlie, he's trying to fix um, Brad's slingshot Mm. that he broke. And he ends up shooting April in the ass. And Brad, being ever the uh, ever the gentleman, takes the fall, mm. gets himself grounded. And then that night, while he's actually sneaking out of the house to go where, I don't know. <laughs> Just, you know, kids sneak out. He's like 12. <laughs> he's going to meet his dealer. <laughs> his, uh, like, gunpowder dealer. Yeah. But he sees something streak across the sky and crash. And you know, there's the whole, uh, whole ground shakes. Meanwhile, April and, uh, Billy Zane are off banging in the barn mm-hmm. or not banging. They're dry humping. And she's like the earth moved. And he's like, already. <laughs> <laughs> but so Brad and Jay, his dad go to check it out. Jay's wearing this awesome bowling shirt with a, it looks like the Ghostbusters logo, but it's a bowling pin, mm-hmm. and it says Pin Busters. So good. I want one. <laughs> I would buy the shit out of that. But so they go to check it out, and they see this just half-eaten cow. So the whole cow has just been half-eaten, and they're like, well, that's not right. Well, that's peculiar. <laughs> There's some you don't see every day. <laughs> and so they're like, well, we should probably leave. No good can come of this. Yeah. Um, and then the Krites also eat this local uh, sheriff or a deputy. So yeah, yeah, local Bobby of some kind. <laughs> yeah, he, like rolls across the road and he like spins out. Like it's this little thing that about the size of like a grapefruit. No, bigger than a grapefruit. Is it? I think so, but not like yeah, it, maybe about the size of like a cantaloupe. Sure, yeah. Um, or a honeydew, it's a, a melon, a mid-sized melon. Yeah, rolls across the road, like, and he flips the fuck out. He's like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" Yeah, drives his car off the road. It's like I would have ran that fucking thing over. Yeah, if it was a cat that ran right in front of my my car, I would just run it over instead of roll like spinning off the road. That's insane. That is insane. <laughs> Yeah, he crashes, and then the the Krites, we we still haven't really seen the Krites other than in this ball form, Mm -hmm. but they pull him under the car and eat half his face. Right. And this is when the bounty hunters come along, and the the faceless bounty hunter decides, oh yeah, that's the face I want. Yeah. (laughs) Wounds and all. (laughs) So he's just walking around like a fucking corpse with a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. And I'm like, it's funny that like this guy is a, seems to be like the most popular rock star on TV um, because everybody's listening to his fucking song. We hear that same goddamn song like three or four times in this movie. Yeah. And nobody seems to say a fucking word about it until Brad, is that his name? Yeah. Like mentions it later in the movie. Yeah. And even then, people are like, who? <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they steal the cop car. Yeah, they and... have no idea how to drive it. Right. They drive it in reverse everywhere. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back on the farm, <laughs> uh, Jay hears something in the basement or the cellar, and he heads down there, and he's you know, taking his flashlight across the wall and you see something moving in between these stuffed animals. Mm -hmm. And so he goes and checks it out. And this is our first real good look at the crates. Real good as a stretch, but first look. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they like jump out and they attack him. They maul up his, his arm and his leg. And you also find out that they can shoot quills out of their back, like a porcupine Mm -hmm. that are apparently poisonous. Yeah, they have some kind of like sedative. Sedative? <laughs> some, uh, yeah, some kind of sleepy, sleepy time effect. Yeah, because like Brad takes one and Jay is like, don't touch that. That's poison. I'm like, how, how do you know that? <laughs> like, I don't know. Probably. Probably poison. <laughs> I mean, better to say it is and be wrong. Sure. Say it's not and be wrong, I suppose. Safety first. Yeah. But so now Jay's all messed up. He's bleeding from his shoulder and his leg. Mm-hmm. But, and you know, Charlie saw the, the ship land. And so he goes back to the sheriff's office uh, and just ranting and raving about aliens. And so he's running around town trying to any, tell anybody that listens that there are aliens among us. And just, you know, nobody's listening to him because he's, he's a town drunk. Yeah. And that's what he always says. Yeah. He says he gets messages through his fillings. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. You know, those guys always talk about... They're, They're here. actually here now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the bounty, like, I don't know. This movie is not, it's not hard to follow, I guess. But there's, it's hard to explain, I guess, because there are two different storylines going on at the same time until they finally meet, like, almost towards the end of the movie. Right. Yeah, because you've got the Browns and then you've got the bounty hunters mm-hmm. kind of running parallel yeah. But like April and Billy Zane, they're still dry humping in the barn. They're dry humping for a long time. Like he's going to have blue balls. Well, he's not going to have blue balls because he gets killed. He's going to have a rash. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Kreitz attack them and uh, Billy Zane gets killed. But Brad is able to take one of his fireworks and shoot it into a Kreitz mouth. Mm-hmm. And he, I'm waiting for him to like explode, but he just kind of goes. <laughs> And then just falls over dead. Which doesn't make any sense because, like, he had an explosive inside him and then, like, didn't explode. So you figure, okay, well, these things are hard as fuck. And then but later, he dies. Yeah, well, he dies. Or does it die? Yeah, it just kind of goes. It kind of keels over, over, but does it? Pretty sure it never gets up again. Okay, yeah, I guess it's not. It's right. hard to tell because there's so many critters. But Yeah, there are well, eight, eight critters. There's eight of them? Oh, right. Yeah, the beginning. Um, and uh, where was I going with that? I don't know. Fuck, I forgot. Something about them being hard to kill or something? Oh, yeah. So he, you know, he launched, he puts this, 
He launches this explosive into the thing, swallows it, and swells up a little bit, but doesn't actually explode. And then I was so, waiting for it either it, it to explode or like smoke to come out its eyes or something. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like like a burp and then be like, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, you know, so it didn't explode. But later in the movie, like they get, they get easily blown up by sh- by a shotgun blast. Uh, they it gets crushed by um, uh, a fan, like a ceiling fan falling from the ceiling. It's like I'm sensing some inconsistencies here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway, so they uh, they go back to their cars. <clears throat> they're trying to escape, but they find out that the upholstery has been destroyed, and so they're like, "Whoop! Can't take this car." Yeah. It's like I don't want to sit on the springs. They, they don't open the hood and see if the car runs. They just yeah. literally look inside and see that the seats have been destroyed. It looks like the tires may have been <clears throat> flat too. Oh, okay. Well, that would be something. But you know what? What confused me is like they managed to track the Kreitz to Earth. The the bounty hunters. I mean, yeah. they managed to track them to Earth, and then lost sight of them. Maybe they don't have their GPS is on their ship. <laughs> I don't know. But no, they land in completely different areas of town. Like, wh- why? <laughs> I don't know. It's like you managed to track them across the galaxy or possibly the universe. I don't know. To this planet in the middle of a random galaxy. You tracked them right there, and then that's when you lost track of them. Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> It's like, so yeah, like I said, they land in a different part of town, and they spend the entire movie trying to find them in the exact place where they landed. <laughs> they didn't, the Kreitz didn't go anywhere. They were on the farm the entire time. It's true. Ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, they go to this church, which is the flimsiest church I've ever seen, because they drive backwards into like one post, and the whole giant uh, balcony collapses. Yeah. It's like it was made out of uh, Lincoln Logs or something. I feel like a structural engineer would have an issue with that. I would think. (laughs) Building inspector. So they don't really do anything in the church other than the one bounty hunter changes to the priest. Yeah, he changes his face three times. Like he changes into the dead cop and then to the the reverend. Mm -hmm. And then again into Charlie. Yeah, they go to the bowling alley and start causing trouble there. And yeah, then he, he turns into Charlie, which is weird because they don't like kill Charlie. So now there's just two people that look like Charlie running around. Yeah, I would think they'd be worried about discretion, but they're walking around these giant fucking cannons and just blasting everything. To yeah, pieces, and these so. like maroon space suits that are look like not s- very conspicuous. Look like Star-Lord or something. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Um, and one of them looks like a very famous rock star. Right. That nobody recognizes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Kansas. Sure. Um. Then yeah, they're just driving along and driving along. And Brad had gone to gone gone to go get help in the meantime, and just happened across them running down the street. Yeah, and that's when the two stories finally merge and things kind of start to make a little more sense. Yeah, he waves him down and he's like, you know, there's these critters at my farm and they're 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 eating everybody. But they're just like, where? Yeah. But so finally, yeah, they go and the bounty hunters, they have this big standoff and the bounty hunters are trying to shoot them all with their space cannons. Yeah. They're just like, like 
I don't know, like bazookas almost. Yeah. And uh, so then the Krites get in their ship and Brad takes his, his, his pipe bomb. <laughs> like all what he did is empty a bunch of firecrackers into a pipe and made a pipe bomb. Yeah. And he calls it a firecracker. Yeah. It's like, no, no, that's not a firecracker. It's a fucking weapon of terrorism. <laughs> right. But he takes that. He tries to light it, but he ends up falling or whatever. So he just, he drops the thing. And so Charlie comes along with his butt trusty bottle of whiskey, <laughs> makes a Molotov cocktail. But, and you know, since he's a pitcher, he's got the arm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's all making sense now. It's all coming full circle. So he hucks this Molotov cocktail into the Kreitz ship, lights the firecracker. The whole thing explodes. And, uh, but in the meantime, <laughs> the Kreitz just do like the ultimate dick move. Yeah. They, uh, how did they make their house collapse? I don't remember. Oh, they caused they, a fire. Right? No, they shot it with a laser. Oh, that's right. Like yeah. they were flying away and they stop right over the house, shoot it with a laser and make it fucking explode. <laughs> and there's like, <laughs> they're flying away again. It's like, these guys are dicks. Seriously. <laughs> it's, it's like, we could just leave and everything would be over. We're just like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> you guys caused a big fucking problem. <laughs> but they, yeah, then their ship explodes. So they get the jokes on them. Yeah, they did. And so you think that that's like, oh no, everything's sad, but at least the Krites are gone. But then the, the bounty hunter, Johnny Steele, takes this thing off his belt and he's like, anytime you need me, just call me on this thing that looks like a credit card. I don't know how to use this. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, oh, cool. And then they leave. It's like, you know, that's not actually Johnny Steele. <laughs> it's just an alien. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> But then the bounty hunters leave, and the next morning, somehow, magically, they are able to put their house back together. Yeah, it just... Like, the thing in his hand goes off, and then their house gets put back together on its own. Yeah, because it was blown up by magic. Apparently. And and, and the bounty hunters can remotely repair it. <laughs> yeah. Like, they can, like, make broken pieces of wood, like, structurally sound again. Yeah. <laughs> Which they should probably do at the church that they destroyed. Right. Actually, fuck that church. <laughs> and you think, oh, good. All is well. It's a happy ending. But as we pan over into the chicken coop, dun, dun, dun. Kreitz eggs. Fade to black. Critters 2. And now a review of Critters 2. <laughs> Psych. Um, yeah. So that's a thing. There's four of these fucking movies, too. This was decidedly better than uh, Ghoulies. Ghoulies. Oh, for sure. Critters 2 is directed by Mick Garris. Is it? Yeah. It's probably better than this one then. Um, Critters 2, the main course. Oh. Uh, so, uh, you know, not a lot of strong acting from this one, particularly from the dad who gets a lot of screen time. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you've got D. Wallace and uh, the kid, Scott Grimes. He actually did a pretty good job. I thought so. Um, but, I mean, oh, and then, then the, the town sheriff is played by uh, M. 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 M
who God, he's been a million fucking things. Um, if you saw him, you'd know him. <laughs> Just one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Plus, you got Kate Winslet, right? Apparently, <laughs> Oscar winner Kate Win- Winslet. Um, I think she claims that on her resume. Probably not. <laughs> like, uh, yes, I starred as Rose in uh, Titanic and Critter Number Two in Critters. <laughs> But she did it with a British accent. It's like, oh, I was in Critters. <laughs> that was a terrible British accent. <laughs> it's probably closer to an Australian accent, too. I like how you get, it's like both these movies are PG-13. Mm-hmm. You get your one F-bomb in this from a Critter. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's so funny. He's like, like they have weapons. The other one's like, so what? And then he gets blasted with a shotgun. And the other one's like, Fuck! <laughs> Run! But it's just like, Bleh! yeah, it's just a fuck on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there's some funny parts in this. Uh, I mean, the the theme and like the uh, the plot isn't all that strong. It's just kind of whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know an alien attack movie. Yeah, it's this was you know sometimes you might be trying to find a movie that you could just kind of put on when you have people over or something that people aren't necessarily going to pay attention to, but you know, might have fun with if they do. Yeah. This is one of those movies. Yeah, for sure. Um, but to sit there as we did and try and pick it apart, it's really not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a pretty mindless movie. It's yeah. like you said, it's something you just kind of put on and just forget about. Right. Just forget all your troubles. Forget all your cares. Yep. Downtown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, it's it's stupid fun. Yeah. <laughs> stupid fun, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anything else to say? My girlfriend thought the critters were cute. I was like, really? <laughs> I mean. I don't know, I guess. Maybe in a way. <laughs> just because they're little guys. In the like theory that all thing all tiny things are cute, I suppose. Yeah. Sure. I mean they have they also have rows of teeth like sharks. Yeah. And like yeah, their mouth looks like a fucking sarlacc pit. And, yeah. <laughs> and they have like glowing red eyes with like these slit uh, irises like a, or slit pupils like a cat. And they're covered in quills like fucking porcupine from hell. Yeah, and they roll up in balls like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, maybe a hedgehog is more of a apt comparison. Yeah, I don't think hedgehogs have quills though. They have spines. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean it's it's not anything groundbreaking or you know super amazing. It's not. It doesn't have a place in the upper echelon of horror. Yeah. But yeah, it's like we said, it's stupid fun that you can just kind of put on and not have to think a lot about the plot or the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with most of those reasons <laughs> as a film goes, it's 
It's not a great. Yeah. I think I'll give it a four. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, so that's going to do it for us, guys. And, I mean, we're in a time-reserved room right now, so we got to hurry things yeah, up. Yeah, we're running out of studio time here. So thanks for joining us on this episode. Uh, next episode is uh, the culmination of Octoberama 2018 with our annual Halloween episode. And it's actually taking place on Halloween this year. Which is a double-edged sword, I think. It's cool that it's on Halloween, but like we'll be talking about Halloween-related stuff. And she's like, hey, today's Halloween, and then tomorrow it's over. That's true. <laughs> but we're going to have fun with it anyway. Um, we're going to be talking about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yep. And the brand new Halloween movie brought to us by David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. And Blumhouse. And Blumhouse. Um, which is getting mixed reviews. Mostly, I've seen mostly positive, mostly. but I have seen a few, a handful of reviewers who are just like, mm, not so much. Yeah, I've tried to stay away from the reviews, but I, I've, uh, you know, Alex from Beyond the Void, he texted me and he's like, "I need to talk to someone about this." I'm like, "Haven't seen it. Don't talk to me." <laughs> All right, so we're gonna be uh, talking about those, and um, yeah. And I mean, it's it's our Halloween special, so we'll see if we can drum up some other fun stuff to do. Yeah, we'll see. No promises. Maybe we'll go trick-or-treating. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so uh, in the meantime, where can they catch us, Taylor? They can catch us wherever they get their podcasts, uh, as well as graveplotpodcast.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as graveplotpodcast. Join our Facebook group, The Graveyard. Uh, catch us on Twitter as grave underscore plot. And if you feel like getting some exclusive content and contributing to the show monetarily, check out patreon.com slash grave plot podcast. $100 gets you a tattoo on Taylor's ass. Yep. Fat, fat, unicorn. big old fat unicorn with a donut. All right, guys. So, uh, oh, next episode, we're going to have some news about the film festival. That's right. Uh, so check that out. Okay. Um, so until next time. I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. First things first, this mongrel rises from the dead. The henchman came.